going recording and um um so we said we were gonna talk about becoming true millennials uh that's a talk if you have my compilation it's on page 797 um but you're welcome to pull it off of the, the church website or off of the Brigham Young University Hawaii's uh, site as well. It has it on there. Um, and then also the uh, youth devotional that just happened this last week, uh, just copying the text if uh, you need the link to print that off. <clears throat> I'm a little bit slow this week. I haven't got that one added to the book of Nelson yet with chapters and verses yet, but I'll, I'll get that one soon. <clears throat> oh, I didn't get that link. Crazy. <laughs> nope. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was so fun going back through uh, this Becoming True Millennials. Uh, I really loved uh, studying for this youth week uh, that we're uh, all doing together because um, he has amazing promises, blessings, uh, prophecies, etc., uh, for the youth of our days. And uh, it was a suggestion from, from Shannon, but to, to study all of those together, um, it's been such a, a fun ride. Um, any kind of things that stood out to you guys right off the bat as you were uh, going through this talk and uh, seeing, I mean, this was two years before he became president of the church, uh, and yet how many of the things are, are so um, prophetic? Uh, you know, it's, it's apostolic at, at this point, but um, really... Uh, talking straight to to the youth. I remember watching this one as as a youth. I was there in the institute building, uh, going, "Holy cow, that was a great talk." <laughs> yes, my I have two granddaughters that are on serving missions, and they're just like yes, they're born for this time they are not afraid to share their testimony and what they know about the gospel and they're excited and and just so willing to do and happy what they're doing serving mm -hmm. yeah it, it's such a, a fun time to to see that uh play out uh, what he talks a lot about like forward donation and stuff in here right you know that they were born for this and uh just like you said they're just not afraid um, <laughs> that, that wasn't the same for me. I was just like, I'm going <laughs> to go to Mexico and butcher my testimony and <laughs> put myself out there. But, um, uh, very interesting how that, is that where your mission was, was Mexico? I never caught that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you're fluent yeah, in Spanish. Oh my heck. <laughs> yep. Uh, You're good, Leslie, go ahead. Um, I love the way that he, um, to me, it felt like he was already our prophet by the way he was speaking. And <laughs> do you too, Darlene? Mm -hmm. uh, in verse four, it talks about um, that I'm less interested in what the experts have to say about you than what the Lord has told me about you. And then he, talked about the spiritual impressions of that he has had about them and it's like oh he's he has claimed them and owns them was this the one where he talks about that he has a much bigger family now or was that the the hope of israel one 
It must have been. I don't know. They're they're all kind of running together at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I thought it was very sweet and tender and just shows his big heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is hope of Israel. So, okay. Uh, yeah. It, it's amazing. Like what uh, stood out to me right there was um, verse five. When I pray about you and ask the Lord how he feels about you, I'm like, why is he, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It, it's one thing to pray for the youth of the church. You know, I mean, we do that in the temple all the time. We do it in, in our homes. But when an apostle is not only doing that, but asking for the gift of receiving that um, that feeling, like, I want to know how you feel about uh, the youth and the church and everything. Uh, I don't know, it just hits uh, more, more home there and stuff. Um, but when he says in that, that verse five, I've received about, not let's see, spiritual impressions I've received about you lead me to believe that the term millennial may actually be perfect for you. I was like, I remember it hit me like a ton of bricks at the time too. I was like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> so, so you're saying it as plain as you can to a general audience, right? You know, like millennial, Let, let's, let's focus here because, you know, like what is a millennial? Anyone born after the year 2000, you know, it, uh, I missed that boat, but you know, I, <laughs> I'm on the, the borderline of acting like a millennial, but here that it may actually be perfect for you as, as you will be the ones to usher in the millennium and uh, goes on in verse six and stuff to, to talk about that, but I don't know. It, it was awesome yes. hearing that. Um, I I don't know what what verse it is of where he says that we're in the eleventh hour. Mm -hmm. So I always wondered what they're actually saying when they're saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We'll toss it over to Becky. Oh, she's not here. Just a second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She never actually truly gets mad at me. But <laughs> she just but, gets yeah. mad. Eleventh oh. <laughs> hour is an interesting one. Um, what book was it? I think it was Millet that had the eleventh hour. Anyway, um, but it was interesting looking at that phrase, uh, all the different times that it's uh, described in, in the gospel, in our, our scripture and stuff, that, you know, he, he is an 11th hour God. He always saves us in the 11th hour, you know, at the last possible minute so that um, we are, are truly humble and relying solely upon him for our deliverance and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in verse 11 here. You are living in the 11th hour. Uh, this is the last time that he will call labors into his vineyard to gather the elect from the four quarters of the earth. <clears throat> I'm assuming that's the same sort of thing as the fourth watch. Uh -huh, yeah, so it's the, the last third of the fourth watch. <laughs> that's even more specific. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you look at the, the four watches of the night, um, mm -hmm. the, the fourth watch there... Um, in it's it's at the midway point between the um in the fourth watch that people change guard and um uh the ones can go home and uh, sleep versus the new ones that, that come in and um take the the day watch and so the 11th hour is just after the the change of guard and um that's when a lot of times uh armies used to attack was in that 
just right after the change because people are still kind of discombobulated. Sure. And so um, they had to to kind of revamp their um, their war tactics over time, you know, and uh, <laughs> be prepared for the eleventh hour because that's when the enemy usually strikes. Interesting. Hmm. And again, you know, like you said, the four parts right there in verse eleven. Um, this was something that stood out to me that. Um, to do it will call labors into his vineyard to gather the elect from the four quarters of the earth which <laughs> I, I don't know this is just a dumb thing on my part i guess i always thought it was four corners of the earth like uh not quarters and i was like wait a minute i had to go look up the footnotes and like <laughs> look at the actual scripture and it is quarters how did i always hear that wrong and what does that mean because quarters is very different from corners if you're talking about um, dividing it up into the fourth parts and um, you know like like Michael Rush talks about like the three different uh, gatherings you know there's the um, uh, the house of Israel the uh, Ephraimites and the the lost ten tribes like uh, I don't know he kind of divides it into the threes versus the four quarters of the earth um, with Lance Richardson's presentation and how uh, the Lord split it up with the four different skin colors uh, when he went to, to visit and, and give prophecy and, and everything, the tablets to all those, uh, the Hopi Indians, the, um, I can never remember the name of that African tribe, dang it, um, the Swiss and the, the Tibetans. Um, so those four different skin colors, black, uh, red, white, and um, yellow, and being the four quarters, the four different um, sorry distinctions of the earth i found very interesting is that on youtube his presentation it's not so um you can um it's on audible um you can look at it there or there's like a cd that's available um or okay me... i've got audible so i'll do that is that um, that short book about the um Hmm. Is it what are you talking about? Are you talking about a book? Um, yeah, Lance Richardson, They Saw Our Day. They saw our day. That's it. Okay, I listened to that one. Yeah, let me find it really quick. I have a, a link to a, a free version of it that you can listen to. Just a second. And then I downloaded it. So I have the MP3s if anybody wants me to send it to them. Let's see. That was a really good one that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Oh man, the more that I'm diving into Lance Richardson's research and stuff, I'm like, holy cow, this, this guy had a lot of great, he was prepared and, um, where is that? Um, how are you diving into it, Cameron? What was that? How are you, how are you diving into it? I'm just like reading his books and, uh, the fictional series and, and things, uh, Oh, did you hear about this before? Because I'm I'm drawing a blank about um, his theories. Did you show it to us? Is that when you held it up and I took a screenshot? And now I can't remember. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I forget who I tell and what. Sometimes I get. I know. I know. Right. But okay. yeah, there's the link if you want to go listen to it for free. Um, and then. <clears throat> So, 
sorry, I tweaked my back. And so like every movement, I'm just like, <laughs> it catches my breath sometimes. Um, the message is um, his, when he died and uh, was in the spirit world and then came back, uh, kind of thing, his near-death experience, uh, it's a really good one. Uh, it, uh, Wait, true, true story. hang tight. I'm going to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll lose that and I won't lose it. It's just... <laughs> So there's okay. two, two different versions of this book. Um, oh. The Message by Lance Richardson and then his wife came out with another one that gives her perspective of the same story. Um, so it's called From Our Side and sometimes it's in the exact same volume but sometimes it's a separate book but I have not read hers yet. Um, okay. But anyway so The Message is his near-death experience and then um, They Saw Our Day is that audio. It's not in a print form anywhere, but I'm transcribing it right now so that, wow, because I want to like go through it, highlight it, footnote sure. it, all that. Um, is it the same material? No, no, not at all. Um, so the message is his, his own personal experience on, okay. in the spirit world. And okay. then, um, sorry, <laughs> um, they saw our day is his research uh, he's just giving like a presentation of when he went to visit the Hopi tribes that um oh I have it like right on the tip of my tongue the African tribes the Tibetan tribes and stuff all of the people that claimed that the Messiah visited them after his death and so he gives a, a couple hour long presentation on all of those um tribes's uh legends and and artifacts and stuff they all have stone tablets that the lord gave to them uh with laws written upon them and, and stuff like that and so he just it's a presentation on on that research and then he partners up with larry barkdale to produce these two fictional books so these are both novels this is part one and part two and um so larry barkdale's the main author but um, you'll see Lance Richardson and Ron McMillan down at the bottom. Um, anyway, these are fictional. And what they wanted to do was take all of the different stories and, and bring them all together into one narrative to make it easier uh, to kind of digest and, and explain all of the principles that they found amongst all of these tribes. And so anyway, um, it, I love when people like dedicate their life to like one thing right and so um, these three guys dedicated it to zion and studying the enoch uh, accounts and, and all of that and bringing it all together so cool. i have a question mm -hmm. do you study the tibetan monks does that have something to do with this is that why they yeah so that is the um uh, the yellow, so you, like the four skin colors, right? Um, the, the black, white, yellow, and red. And the yellow is the, the Tibetan people. Um, all four of the, the main tribes um, were high in the mountains and they were visited by Christ after his death and they were all given stone tablets and stuff like that. But anyway, the Tibetan monks have this legend of um, the, the three great shakings, you know, the three great world wars and and what will what their tribe's mission is during the third great shaking and so how all of those come together and how they those four tribes work together at the end times um to to bring about zion those four are in charge of the initial push to to zion i need to watch that video again 
Yeah, it's so good. I listen to it. And the more that I dive into it, I'm like, oh, and I missed that part the first time. And I missed that part. But, um, you know, kind of studying that along with like um, Pontius's work about Zion and, and everything. Like, I don't know. It's just so fun. I, I love it. I forget how I got there. Sorry. <laughs> we were studying Nelson. Quarter, quarter, quarters. You're talking about quarters of the earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remind me not to do that in group B. <laughs> But yeah, four quarters. I, I found that very interesting rather than four corners. I thought that was significant that I had always heard it wrong and uh, uh, just a tradition that I needed corrected. Um, but yeah, and then the, the story in uh, verses like 12 through, through 15 or, or so there, um, like the missionary work, even over in uh, Russia is... Uh, like uh, Darlene Henry was talking about, you know, they, they don't have, have fear and uh, they're just sharing the gospel, real intent, um, uh, and how that is um, so typical of, of these, these millennials that are going out and um, becoming, um, rising to their, their forward nations. I, I love his invitation there in, in verse 16. Um, you know, like he said that he's asked Heavenly Father about uh, his feelings, but he extends that to us. Ask Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ how he feels about you and your mission. If you ask with real intent, record those impressions, review them, and then follow through with exactness. I remember um, taking that challenge and, and going with it. Whatever. It took some time because I, I don't know. I don't know if it was my own unbelief or what, but, um, uh, but doing that exercise is is crucial i think for all of us um because i don't know sometimes we're just so much um wanting to do that for other people and not necessarily for ourselves but i think it's a very worth worthwhile effort to ask him how he feels about us and 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 let that predominate uh, our thoughts and because um, sometimes you know it it's fine. Everything else applies to everyone else, but sometimes we have a hard time applying the atonement to our own lives. And uh, anyway, it, it's a, a great exercise. I really recommend that one. So, verse eighteen is pretty huge. Expect to accomplish the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> What does that mean? I mean, here we are in 2016. I mean, we haven't seen nothing yet <laughs> compared to uh, what the, the world is about to go through and, and yet go through even from, from now on. Um, so my um, copy that I printed has the footnotes at the end, but it doesn't have numbers on it. Um, you said that there was a footnote in five or something. Is that what you said? Um, let's see, in verse five. I don't see a footnote in verse five, no. Um, the first one comes through um, verse 10, verse 11. Verse 11 has two of them. Uh, and then verse 19 has one. So I just looked up all the footnotes without knowing what they were. And there's like a whole nother, like always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
the um to accomplish the impossible and then he goes into his own like amazing story of opening up Eastern Europe like how would you feel if (laughs) this new prophet gives you an assignment of like go go open up Eastern Europe I didn't deal with any of that you know that was before my time uh but I can only imagine but I don't know uh, what's something similar to to nowadays but um to accomplish the impossible go do this you know just that's one of your assignments <laughs> i i can't even imagine what that must have been like and then kind of going through his hero's journey here of you know arriving not knowing where to even go uh, having doors slammed in his face or meetings that um uh, black market traps <laughs> like i mean i just want to know like the full story from his perspective i would love to to hear a lot of that I love reading uh, Sherry Dew's biography. You know, I, I think that you get a lot of a sense of uh, quite a few of those little stories, but uh, it's just so intriguing. Like, holy cow, he's like a total superhero as, as a prophet uh, in his apostolic years, learning how to, to do those things. And so after we've went through Isaiah Decoded and looking at the, the ladder to heaven, right? And learning the ascension process, it's kind of interesting to come back and, and put President Nelson in place there. Like, where was he at during that time? What was he doing? Uh, he had already passed his three tests of loyalty, as we, we know and can map out. And now here he is on, on that son-servant level, just going to town. And uh, you can start uh, seeing lots of the, uh, the patterns from Scripture and from uh, Isaiah's perspective there. So what are his three tests of loyalty, his wife and his two daughters? Their deaths? Um, no, because um, in like Isaiah decoded, there's the three tests of loyalty. There's the, the Babylon test, like getting rid of, of Babylon. There's the uh, political persecution and there's ecclesiastical persecution. So if you'll go back through like his, his life story, uh, you'll see how that kind of plays out in in different ways at different times. I, I think he experienced those tests multiple times, but um, but yeah, like the, the death of uh, his wife, daughters, I mean, those are, uh, those are huge because he keeps mentioning those in most of his devotionals lately um, uh, in reference to gratitude. But um, I, I don't think that those were his three tests on, on the Zion Jerusalem level. So I wish I could remember things like you do. Babylon political and and ecclesiastical Ecclesiastical. we just did that in our isaiah decoded this last week that's why it's fresh on my mind because i'm not that smart (laughs) i'm assuming would have been when he was eastern europe somewhere along in there i don't know let's see so isaiah decoded page 151 is where those three tests of loyalty so in order to go from the zion jerusalem level up to the son servant level you have to pass those three tests of loyalty <laughs> sorry. sorry i'm so sorry it's my fault i've done this twice now i'll just listen to you oh no not at all <laughs> i just keep tweaking my back and i'm like <laughs> it takes my sorry. breath away <laughs> I'm sorry. i gave a talk in church today or whatever and it was all i could do to just get up and <laughs> Did you hurt your package? No, you hurt your- I, I tweaked it coming out of the shower this morning. Just 
totally random, stupid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? We're, we're doing this today? How old are we? <laughs> it's like I'm 50 or something. <laughs> I told you guys, like, I found ear hairs, right? Like, I'm getting old. This is, this is not good. It's going downhill. <laughs> You're ancient, Cameron. <laughs> um let's see oh anyway so he's going through his whole eastern europe uh thing but i love the the inflection in his voice when he uh, gives verse 25 um others came after in the year 1992 so when did he start 85 wasn't it 84 i think wasn't it uh-huh yeah so in verse 21 uh he talks about 1985 and uh, just prior to that um so 85 so we're talking seven years Ooh, seven years interesting um in the year 1992 i was able to report to president benson that the church was now established in every country in eastern europe i mean i don't know i totally got chills when uh he because me and my mom were actually listening to his voice as uh, to get his inflection and, and everything on there it was like so powerful when he said that he was able to report that he had accomplished the impossible like this this cold war and yet um this heart surgeon is is getting sent out to to actually heal people's hearts and, and open up countries for for the preaching of the gospel ah it it was just so cool i i loved listening to that um and now, like, I want to know all of the other apostles' <laughs> assignments, you know, from that time. Like, what did Benson assign everybody else, and and how did they do on on things? Um, but but regardless, President Nelson has done so much for missionary work, and yet, you know, when we look at his name, it's not usually tied to you know missionary. It's mostly temples or you know the changes and uh, pace that that he has. But look at, I mean, he opened up Eastern Europe. That, that was pretty impossible. And, and the, the workings with, with China and worldwide tours and ministries and everything. Like, man, <laughs> he was totally foreordained to accomplish the impossible in, in these days. Uh, you know, like Wendy says, I can stand as a witness in any court, in any place that, that he is the prophet that the, the Lord has prepared. I just love them. <clears throat> and then, um, did verse 27 through 29 sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> I did not put two and two together, but I was like, holy cow, where have I just read some of this stuff before? And it was from our study two weeks ago. The Enzyme article, um, the preparing the world for the second coming, the future of the church. Um, he quotes these almost exactly. I mean, there's a couple little tweaks and changes, um, but if you'll look over to, to those ones, it's in the exact same paragraphs too. <laughs> yeah, pray for courage not to give up. Exactly. Um, uh, what chapter is it? I can't remember. But anyway, it's verse 27, 28, and 29 in that uh, Enzyme article as well. Uh, he quotes those those same three things. Does that mean it's going to be a, a chiastic structure then? 
possibly. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's one of my many homework assignments that I'm going to try to to do and and see what kind of is that. Uh, what's in the middle is, let's see, 2016 to 2020. So 2018 would be middle of the chiasm. But I, it's a great possibility. I'm going to have to go see and do like word searches there in 2018 and see um, what other things might might point to that. Who knows? Because that seems too much of a coincidence. <laughs> yep. I'm still hung up on that seven years, 1980. Yeah, it took him seven years to, to open yeah. up in Europe. Like that's complete. That seven is complete, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. There's a line in here that's in my patriarchal blessing. Not not exactly, but close. In yeah. mm -hmm. Did President Nelson give it? <laughs> or is that too much of a coincidence? <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah, like the, the sign that you just held up, you know, pray for courage not to give up. Like that's kind of a lost thing in our world today like i mean we we rarely need courage in most day-to-day -day things we we have so many covenantal blessings uh available to us because of the righteousness of our forefathers and stuff we we live in in relative peace prosperity and um in the promised land kind of thing uh, we don't have to sleep on our swords like the uh, most of the ages of the world had to do we don't have to have the courage um, uh, in, in some contexts, right? But yet- I don't know, a friend just sent me a, a news article. It says Zelensky's global food crisis prediction may be 10 weeks away. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our world is headed for some crazy stuff. Um, Fox that, News. Mobile food stuff. The price of gas is going up to seven by the end of August or something like that. Like, I mean, we're, we're headed into some- Sometimes well, you heard about diesel food, diesel fuel being the shortage, and that's farmers and truckers and yeah, it's gonna even uh, put more strain on that. I, I a lot of articles that people have sent me over the past couple of days talk about um, different countries that are now implementing food stamps, uh, electronic food stamps on their cell phones and stuff like that, and that uh, Apple is already working on on their version of it. So it's like. All right. Well, we know what's coming, I guess. <laughs> I can't believe we're we're back there, but <sighs> you mean rations, food ration stamps? Uh-huh. Yeah. Talking about? Yeah. It's so interesting. I have felt this coming for a long time. And it's so interesting to see it like Yeah, see how it plays out and when and timing and all that. Yeah. To see it in the news and people talking about it and so if we didn't have the gospel and prophecy and all of that kind of stuff, I mean, <laughs> I would probably be freaking out right now, but yet. Well, and I think that that's where we come in as saviors on Mount Zion, right? Is helping these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have the courage yeah. not to give up and, and to keep pressing forward. We'll, we'll make it through this and right. a, a Zion <laughs> type safety one day. Oh. But yeah, this talk has some of my, my favorite quotes in it. Um, 
like 39 it has well, probably... too but go ahead uh-huh, yeah um i don't know i shared this in probably most of the groups and stuff but uh 39 spend more time much more time in places where the spirit is present that means more time with friends who are seeking to have the spirit with them spend more time on your knees in prayer more time in the scriptures more time in family history work more time in the temple i promise you that as you consistently give the lord a generous portion of your time he will multiply the remainder um i think that that's so pertinent to our lives So read 29 too. 29. Let's see. I promise. Yeah. However, I promise you that as you follow Jesus Christ, you will find sustained peace and true joy. As you keep your covenants with increasing precision, as you defend the church and kingdom of God on the earth today, the Lord will bless you with strength and wisdom to accomplish the impossible. That's so huge. That increasing precision. I want to do like a word search on how many times that he's used that phrase too, because uh, that one really stands out to me for some reason. It's very um, Sons of Helaman esque. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I don't know why, but like move. anytime Sons of Helaman pop in, I think of like the, the training of uh, the soldiers in Mulan even though I hate Disney I don't like it but anyway <laughs> like <laughs> Mulan and and training all of those crazies myths misfits and stuff and bringing them all together <laughs> kind of it brings me a chuckle that that precision getting out right on the target I like how he says in 20 back in 28 thoroughly discouraged not just discouraged, but third. <laughs> yep. Means more than one day of discouragement, right? <laughs> yeah. And like looking at the, the millennial generation amongst others, but like how much anxiety and depression and, and things have really started hitting and becoming at a forefront lately and uh, how this is, is kind of tied to that. Uh, you know, and I quote that too all the time, you know, the it'll become less and less popular to be a Latter-day Saint. Um, but that thorough discouragement, uh, Satan is tricky. His, his minions are ramping up and they're getting uh, <laughs> even more efficient. Their, their precision is increasing as they are attacking this that last generation. Like, what? That's a great segue to his talk on Sunday about your identity, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> People are so confused and, and so focused on having something to believe in or something to, what, how, what are the words for that? Something to, I don't know, but yeah. identify with. They could just identify that they're a child of God and have importance. That other stuff would just, like sister, ask that question, what would a holy young adult do today is that how it went uh-huh yeah what would a holy young adult do what a great question i don't i'm on my since i'm on my phone i can't google this <laughs> so i'm wondering if you guys know what is the uh, 
the typical age range of a millennial. Millennial? Yeah. I don't even know. I, some of my kids are in it, but I'm not sure which ones. Uh, so anyone born the year 2000 or after? Like, oh, then I have <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, I don't know, because there's lots of different things. I, I'm confused if I'm Gen X or Gen Y, but anyway, it always just kind of gets lumped into to Gen X, even though I think that I'm past the actual date of it. I don't know. But um, what I've been told, the official thing, millennial, is anyone born at the millennium uh, and, and forward. Just like it sounds. Okay. Well, my, I, I think that my kids are mistaken on <laughs> what they think they are. So see, no one knows their true identity. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how, I mean, the world sets those terms, right? You know, what is Gen X? What is Gen Y? And it's like, <laughs> like President Nelson, I, I don't worry about that so much as what the Lord has, has told me and you are true millennials and, and yeah. rising to it kind of thing I, I thought that was kind of pretty timely and, and kind of funny like yeah <laughs> can i can i ask an, another question of you it's more of the, the ladies um <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i know he's <laughs> So none of my children haven't, if you want to answer, that is, have in their patriarchal blessings that they will be um, like alive when the Savior returns. Um, my two oldest grandchildren have received patriarchal blessing. The oldest is a boy. This does not have it in there. This, his younger sister received hers about a year ago, and it does have that in there, that she will be alive when the sacred returns. So I'm wondering if there's a greater prevalence of that nowadays than, um, than before, if you, what, what everybody's opinions are. So yeah, Cameron, you can chime in on this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. The ones that I've uh, read or heard recently um, have all said that they, they'll be alive during the millennium, but I, I don't know, you know, exactly when that kind of comes into play how many years back that that phrase kind of became more popular i don't know i'm trying to rack my brain on other ones like my brother and sister i i can't remember <laughs> what they're saying But what we need to do, go back to the early pioneer <laughs> that they'll be around for the, the second coming, some of them. Were those given by um, Prophet Joseph's father? No? Some of them, yeah. So uh, there's, there. I mean, they're kind of all over the place, but um, there's that, that book. I don't know. Did I send that to you? Uh, um, there's two different volumes of early pioneer patriarchal blessings and it goes through and says who the patriarch was and uh, what the blessings were and they're they're super interesting to read so do you think that it could be that they would be that they'd still be alive is translated considered alive so how would that work yeah because it talks about their translation process and, and stuff in, in quite oh a <laughs> okay 
and and their their missions to the moon and other planets and and all these different uh, kind of <laughs> fun crazy things um okay. but yeah that that many of them would usher in uh the second coming of christ along with their future generations and stuff That's um, my my youngest is married to. She's married, and her husband has ancestors that that talks about that and their patriarchal blessings. And he told me about that, and he just wrote it off and chalked it up to well, they were mistaken. So now what he does is he doesn't believe it at all when he hears it. Like my granddaughter, that she goes well. And so it's like, oh man, that's too bad. So now I understand better of his ancestors because they, mm, I think, were amongst these that you're talking about in those books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we often <laughs> put that false tradition in it, saying that uh, translation and death are mutually exclusive. Like, if if you die, you can't be translated. But there's there's a difference there. There's there's multiple ways to uh, to translate and um uh, a martyr's death is is often uh, one of those what well, I, I was at a um a book club once a, a live book club <laughs> oh what are those <laughs> can you believe it and terry ponty was she came and she spoke and um i think it was when journey to the veil came out or yeah and so um, we got to, we have we had a Q&A session and, and I think it actually was me that asked her if, how that works, if, and, and she said, yeah, it's entirely possible for that to occur. Um, so, cause that hadn't really been talked about until I found this group, <laughs> so. <laughs> It's interesting studying Zion in translation and yeah. just kind of things pop up and you're like, whoa, I've never considered that before. But she believes it, which is not a surprise, but. Yeah. They were trying to figure it out for the fact, because he said, she said that he said, I know what I've been promised. So this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I guess it it ended up making sense to him. So, <laughs> yep. Well, that all goes about. Um, let's see. I I really love um, you know, all of the the rest of the talk, but like his his apostolic blessing at the end uh, really hit home. Um. Now, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless each one of you as though I had my hands upon your heads with the ability to become the true millennial you were born to be. I bless you to have the desire and ability to learn your true identity and purpose. I mean, that alone right there, like that's the only apostolic blessing I need. <laughs> I, if I can have that, that it makes it all uh, doable. Um, that you will expect and prepare to do the impossible things that you will uh, be undaunted in your efforts to learn uh, how to access the powers of heaven and how many times has he reiterated that kind of sentiment uh, through his later talks 
to help solve your problems and answer your questions. And I bless you to follow the prophets with exactness. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's the next prophet. And so, uh, I don't know, to, to some degree, I think that he's somewhat new, but, you know, um, anyway, I think that that's just an interesting phrase coming in 2016. To feel peace in your heart as you do so. I bless you to know and feel how much the Lord loves you and how much confidence he has in you. Um, anyway, I, I, I want to create like a, a compilation of all apostolic blessings that um, they, they extend, you know, by, but this one, this one was powerful. I, I really loved it. That would definitely be a huge to do that one, Cameron. Oh my God. <laughs> one of these one of these lifetimes i'll get to all my <laughs> we need to split you into you guys tag repairman commercials where was it the may tag repairman no it was whirlpool when the woman would split herself into people's <laughs> do all the tasks that she needs done yeah we need a splitter for you <laughs> can we go to just like it's blessings and um all of them say the morning of the first resurrection you think? Yeah. That's what they say. Interesting. So something, our family is all from the tribe of Ephraim, except for my oldest, and he's from Manasseh. Huh. And he, right now, it feels like he needs to be in Mexico City. That's where he's hmm. living right now. Kind of wow. homeless in Mexico. He stays in hotels and definitely. <laughs> he's, not, he's not engaged in sharing the gospel, but I'm hoping that his heart will be touched while he's there and Mm -hmm. sure. figure out mission but yeah, hey, that that manasseh pulls him him that way um darlene is your sorry i think there's a little lag <laughs> yeah you're good laura what were you saying and then what did you say about manasseh cameron Oh, I think that that's just interesting how his is Manasseh and that he gets pulled that way. Uh, oh, right. Kind of be with like, that's, but grateful because I probably would just not be at peace at all with him being there. But I am at peace just because, you know, maybe that's how he figures out his, his end time mission. Yeah. Yeah, I am at peace. I, I'll be totally crazy otherwise. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're at peace. <laughs> Yeah. I think it happened in the very beginning. I told you that. <laughs> All right. Roger's always with us. You just can't see him. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what. Um, I was going to ask Darlene if, I don't know if this is too personal, but just giggle or something if it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer it if I can. <laughs> okay. Um, is that in. I have felt the same call as you have as far as your mission. Mm. And, but mine has in there that I will come forth in the morning of the first resurrection, which I had assumed mean that I would pass away. Um, but is yours in there? Is that in there for your patriarchal? Well, it's not in my patriarchal blessing. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah, and she's always worried about it. Like, what? <laughs> well, I I'm wondering if that's why because yeah, I I think so now 
but as growing up, I was like, well, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Um, Um, you said something, Cameron, about, um, sorry, my head, about, um, when I read this, I thought of what you'd said about um, praying for every morning for the gift of prophecy so that we can get a heads up. Um, of what the adversary is trying to do and uh, and plan accordingly or at least have a heads up. I, I don't know. I have not done that before. And so um, so I gained a testimony of doing that. Um, does anybody else do that? I'm assuming you do, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was taught to me in, in addiction recovery program um, uh, to, that we each have the right to the gift of prophecy for our own lives and that if we don't use it, we're just floundering kind of thing. And so um, when you pray for the gift of prophecy and, and ask, how is Satan going to attack me today? I need to know his battle plan so that I can uh, plan my day accordingly. And it works. I Every time that I've done it with real intent, <laughs> rather than just my rote prayer or whatever, it works every single time. Like, and, and you just kind of sit there and ponder it, and and Satan's battle plan just unfolds. It's just in, in my own head. I, I look at kind of my schedule, and it's like, yep, he'll attack me there. He'll attack me there. He'll attack me there. Like, and and in certain ways and stuff. It it it's an amazing gift um, to to utilize. Uh, we all have the the gift of prophecy if we will just ask for it. Does that just work <clears throat> towards the adversary? What the adversary is going to do, but other things as well, like. Well, I mean, I'm just saying how I learned it, kind of thing. But uh-huh. no, I, once you learn how to use the the gift of prophecy in your own life, then then expand it to all areas. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any way to because uh, I mean, it's listed as one of the spiritual gifts in the scriptures, right? The gift of prophecy. Yeah, yeah. And never and we, thought like that though, ever. Yeah, we always just assume, oh, that's the prophet, and he's the only one that's entitled uh-huh. to that gift yeah. of prophecy. No, we we sustain but, all of them as prophets, seers, and revelators for the church. But yet, we have the gift of prophecy for our own lives and our own and, families and our own influence. Who was it that said? Uh, that we could all be prophets right moses moses yeah well that's why i thought it was like prophesying to other people i didn't think of it as Mm. being able to claim it for that's really interesting i but you know like many of the prophets have to to live by faith too you know they they may see the overarching you know, game plan, but from day to day, they might need to, to still be kept in the dark and, and exercise faith, you know, and, and that'll likely be the, the scenario for all of us. 
um, you know, if you're just trying to, to find out hour by hour exactly what's going to happen with your day in all aspects, you know, then you might be looking for, for the wrong thing. But yet, um, when you ask for uh, ministering uh, assignments or um, who can I minister to today, like, I, I find that we often pigeonhole that by using the wrong blanket terminology. But, um, you know, like, what can I do at 3 p.m. today? Because I have a, a block of time that I can, can bless somebody. And where will I be? And, and what do I need to bring with me? You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't need to know who I'm going to minister to necessarily. But, like, uh, where am I going to be at? And, and what do I need to bring with me so that I can be prepared for, for whatever you need me to do? kind of a thing so, like revamping the way that we ask our, our blessings and, and the gift of prophecy uh, just experiment around with it wow okay i've got another question for you off off of this and you can giggle too if it's too personal um when you said that when you do this with real intent um what would be because you've, you've experimented. Is there, is there a pattern as to why you wouldn't do it with real intent? Is it maybe you think you don't have a day where it's um, structured or does Satan kind of bombard you in seasons or anything like that? Yeah. So like in my personal experience, um, I don't know. Sometimes my dreams are, are so crazy that I wake up and I, I spend all of my chore time <laughs> writing down my dreams. And so I am in a rush to get ready by the time uh, my ride for work shows up. And so uh, some of my prayers are just really quick and they're default, you know, like uh, I pray for this, 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 I pray for safety, I pray for well-being and all this kind of stuff. And then I'm on my way and I don't have the time to, to put real intent and real thought into the gift of prophecy and let that, that small, still spirit uh, whisper the, the gift of prophecy to me kind of thing. So um, it, it turns more into a rote prayer. Like, like yes, it's still necessary to, to pray every morning, but it would have been better had I um, uh, put the effort into to waking up more on time or I don't know, doing uh, myriad other things versus, um, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes it's just a, a busy life kind of thing, and, and I think it definitely goes in seasons. I don't know, you just can't be a perfect 100% disciple all the time, <laughs> and so, you know, yep. you do your You're best human. and stuff. And... Did you, do you notice a correlation between the times when you don't, is Satan uh, on your case? Or, or he he might just back off and say, oh, you don't need to do that. I, I'm, I'm just curious if you've noticed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, it, it kind of goes in seasons and stuff. Like, it was probably about a month ago. Um, there was a whole week where I don't think I even prayed once. But I everything was just coming at me so fast. And Satan's tactics were... Um, uh, getting so deep and, and anyway, it, I, it was kind of a rough week and, um, I, I didn't have the gift of prophecy or anything like that, um, because I hadn't asked for it. And so, 
um, there was one moment that it was just kind of like a breaking point of like, okay, you need to snap out of whatever this is because it's not headed in, in a good direction. Like get back on track, ask for the gift of prophecy and um, immediately the, the changes that, that can come in, you know, like uh, from Pontius's uh, books and stuff, you know, that um, just one flicker of a, a righteous act, act um, perpetuates and, and ripples and stuff in the power of one spark. And so, yeah, it, if you don't pray for it, you don't receive it. It's not like some inherit gift in you. Like once you get the gift of prophecy, you have it all the time. No, it's, I don't think I've ever had it if I hadn't prayed for it on a daily basis. Like I think. Wow. Anyway, at least for me. I'm not sure if I've ever had it then because I don't, I haven't asked for it. So that's interesting. Yeah. What's that one? The, Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, it's from that book, Aloha. Um, the, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Taylor's book. Yeah. And so, um, when that Hawaiian guy is talking about his dream where Peter uh, showed him his gifts warehouse and said, now look at the, the price tag on all of these, these yeah. gifts. Some of them require that a price be paid. Some of them are just purely asking for it. And I think the gift of prophecy, um, because there's different gifts of prophecy. And so like, but for your own life, for your daily schedule kind of thing, I think that one is just a matter of praying. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would venture to say that there's there's multiple kinds. I know this experience, this happened with Becky when she was um, being, trying to pass her tests because there was going to be a descent on behalf for her husband. Do you remember that dream about the, Okay, so um, so the spirit would prompt her to ask to be shown, and then she would ask, and then it, he it, she wasn't shown what it was, but pretty close, pretty close. So that was that was what opened my eyes to it, and then you were talking about it, and went, oh, okay. Yeah, when it starts coming from different angles and different things, it's like, oh maybe the heavenly father's trying to tell me something <laughs> so true yeah. um i have one more thing before i close yeah so i just talk on sunday and he says i stopped buying green bananas <laughs> in short i've lived a long time and at this point i have stopped buying green bananas is that because he thinks he's gonna die soon because i just don't believe he's gonna die soon <laughs> That's, a, that's an interesting one. I, I heard that that's going around a lot on, on Facebook and stuff too, because as soon as he said it, I was like, oh snap, that's that's a interesting thing to say. Cause he never just says things for pure comical relief. Like he always has, has lots of symbolism in, in everything he says. Um, let's see. The things that Sister Nelson has said about him, the things that we're learning about translation and the way he still acts like he is 60 years old or 50 years old yeah <laughs> i don't feel like he would have any problem buying green bananas unless there's another part of the story mm -hmm. so 
like what I went back to was like, look at that, uh, that quote in its context. So it, here's, here's the paragraph. In short, I have lived a long time. And at this point, I have stopped buying green bananas. And I have also stopped spending time on things that don't matter. Uh, but you do matter to me and your future matters to me. And so um, how he is, is referencing the, he's comparing the youth to a banana and he stopped buying green bananas and stopped spending time on things that don't matter, but they do matter. And he's saying that they've moved out of the green stage and into the yellow. Like they are ripe for their their end time missions is is what I take out of it. That's my interpretation. That you know he he's stopped buying the green bananas, but I I am right here right now telling you that you guys are are here for this this excellent work kind of thing. I don't know if it's necessarily about him, but uh, about the the youth of the church. Kind of writes like that all the time, doesn't he? he talks like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And let's see, let's see. Your future matters to me. I am so honored that so many of you have come out tonight. Like, I think that that was a huge thing. That that was the first time that that conference center has been packed since all of the the drama that we've experienced. Right. So um, there was a story on LDS Living or something about this girl that said that she she felt cheated, but. And she ended up going to a church meeting house to watch it. There was no other place on Temple Square that had any room. There was people everywhere. Like there was more than the conference center full of people. There was people standing outside. There were people in all the places that you could gather wherever that is on Temple Square right now because everything is closed, right? Yeah. Like the visitor centers are closed. But maybe the, was the tabernacle open? Were they broadcasting? I'm to the pretty sure that the tabernacle was open, but I, I don't know. So to think that that was open too, and they had to go to a meeting house and there's a few more seats. Like, oh my heck, this is huge. I didn't even know there was that many young adults. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can gather like that. And did they not give out tickets? You could just like. For for those kind of events, they, they typically don't. They just uh, have the, in years past, I don't know about this one at all. Um, you didn't hear about tickets past, in Idaho? You didn't get offered to a, a ticket, no? Mm -mm. Uh, so nobody like had a guaranteed seat. It was just whoever. Yeah, whoever could come. And she said she stood in line for two hours and she, she didn't get a seat. <laughs> this is huge. And then I saw the pictures of the conference center and it was packed. Like there was no seat open anywhere. It was packed. Yeah. It's amazing. That was amazing. Like, the whole thing was amazing. Exactly. And so like, just kind of looking at, at President Nelson's like excitement of that, you know, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we can't do this for, for conference necessarily yet and, and, and everything, but, but our youth, our youth come out and in, in full force because this is the, the end time and, and they're rising to the occasion kind of thing. I think that it's so crucial, you know, like looking at the assignments for, for young adults, um, you know, it's kind of a privilege to, to speak to the young adults. It's not every apostle that does that. Um, I should have looked that up, but I mean, like, uh, Uchtdorf, uh, Christofferson, Nelson. But anyway, Nelson does it, like, multiple times. Uh, I think that that's interesting. 
that he's he focuses on all groups, all age groups, all um, types of things, and and makes sure that they feel special and um, needed for for this last day. Because you know, I mean, it's <laughs> no surprise that the the youth are leaving the church in in droves. I mean, there's we're seeing a great winnowing, and yet looking at these faithful latter-day saints that are coming out just to hear his words and and to to be a part of a a great work i think is is awesome um yeah anything else before we head out for the night um the schedule for next week i'll be emailing this out here in, in a second as well um but next week is women's week so group a is going to be doing a plea to my sisters from 2015 and where do i have that listed a plea to my sisters if you're using my compilation um it's in volume one page 792. you know something i really love about him is how he can um boy you up and encourage you and also give you bad news <laughs> in the next sentence and 57 says that um those same threats are among us today the somber reality is that they there there are servants of satan embedded throughout society so be very careful about whose counsel you follow um it's a pretty dire warning right there, isn't it? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I had an experience, I won't go into it, um, but it was back in 88, maybe beginning in 89, where um, evil was infiltrated in the police department, in the hospitals, in the judiciary. This woman could not get help because um, her means of, of help and escape um, for her and her son effectively blocked by her, um, her ex-husband. And because he was high enough up and knew the right people who had been placed in all those um, places. So if that was going on uh, over 30 years ago, um, I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like now. So, yeah. Anyway, so he, he embedded means they can't be seen. So, yeah, I, I find that very interesting, you know, because like I, <laughs> I talked about the, the apostolic promise, but you know, why does he it, uh, put those two verses in there just right at the end? All yeah. right. Now around 41 BC, Gaddy Mountains. Yep. make sure that you you get your your sources from the uh be careful about whose counsel you follow because yep. there's a lot now i bless you that you can do this even though <laughs> the world's gonna go uh, well they certainly need the gift of prophecy without mm -hmm. it all. Yep. Yeah, I find that interesting. Just as you said that, it, my eyes caught on to the last of verse 56. Um, it became more and more prideful. Many of the Nephites made a mock of that which was sacred, which we see, and denying the spirit of prophecy and of mm. revelation. 
that i mean satan's counterfeit to all of the good things that we've talked about they they make a mock of that which is sacred denying the spirit of prophecy and of revelation no you can't do that kind of stuff and then all of our sacred things that are, are being defiled kind of thing i, I think that that's a crucial tidbit there and you know reflecting out of Helaman 412 well when they deny that other people can have that they end up denying that they can have that for themselves and i'm just thinking you had that miserable week i'm assuming they're having that all the time yeah, and then, how would it be like to, to live in a perpetual state of that? I'm glad I can snap out of it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Sad. Yeah, but that's now our responsibility, you know, our our privilege to to help the world prepare for that, you know, that, that people don't have to live like that and stay in, in that kind of thing that... Um, we can can rise up and, and do a great work amongst the the children of, of earth it's been such a, a fun talk to to go back through uh, it's so pertinent to to our time right now it's amazing that this was given back in 2016 and you know comparing it to his one from from last week I love studying both of them together. Did anybody read or listen to Sister or watch Nelson's talk that was at this, the same time? <laughs> yes. Isn't that one a, a fun one? We should tack that I, one onto it too. Do it since, since then. So I need to go back and do that. Because mm -hmm. I, I believe, isn't that the one where she says... Um, one question. Just one question will change your life. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah very fun i think she was the her comment was the the thing that got me to think about the second coming is a a span of time rather than a process rather than i mean i've always known it was a process because of things but more so than i had supposed before so mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wendy's been been foreordained for, for her callings and stuff too. It's been amazing to see her her rise in, in her abilities and, and functions as as a prophetess. <laughs> also that makes me think of the savior's life. His life is a process. Mm -hmm. Right? It didn't all happen at once. He didn't just come, it was a process. He grew by degrees is that how it said from grace to grace mm -hmm. so it was a process too that's an interesting thank you for letting me think about that yeah all right well we will catch everyone next week for um a plea to my sisters and in the meantime, I, I encourage you to uh, watch and, and go through all of the other groups on, on the youth talks because uh, there, there's all there's a lot of tie-ins, you know, like we mentioned the hope of Israel and, and stuff as well. They, they're all fun to, to study together. Um, but yeah, 
we'll we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Yeah.